Hello. Hey. This is Ergo. This is indeed. What's up, everybody? I'm Damon. I'm Kiss. And we are here on the line as part of our series talking with, showcasing, exploring the experiences of the people on the front lines of responding and healing from this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we have a very special guest, truly just one of my like favorite people to get to. Like You're like a, a king of the chop it up. <laughs> it's my experience. You are a well, chop it up go-to. <laughs> we got uh we got Zane Bully on the line. Hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? We we are right. We are right. So in this time, we are trying to stay consistent with a tradition we have where we start every conversation with a two-part question. Um, and that question is in this time, define time however you want, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Wow. Wow. That's a that's two beautiful questions. Loaded questions, but beautiful questions. Absolutely. Um, I would start by saying the world is treating me um, how I treat it and how I treat myself. And so, you know, I'm trying to do right by myself, by my family, um, by my creator, by this, by my earth. I feel like this this whole situation that we're going through is actually a response to how we, we treat ourselves, right? How we treat one another, how we treat the world. Um, my family's doing fine. I'm very blessed. And, um, you know, the world is treating me accordingly. Well, for folks who, d- who don't know, just to kind of like contextualize, you know, that you're not just a special person with a with a, a very refined graying beard. Also, I want to say that like, <laughs> you look Thank like you. an OG with some wisdom right now. <laughs> very solid beard chop and yeah. chop it up. Yeah. This, is my, this, is my COVID, the, this is my COVID beard, bro. Yeah, That's looking looks, better than the vast majority of COVID beards. Yeah, yeah. That looks better. That looks better than my out the barbershop beard. So, <laughs> so I admire you. Um, so for folks who, who may not be familiar with you, you know, you are a public school teacher um, at Uplift High School, mm-hmm. as well as part of the the Kumba Links family yep. at yep. large. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you are uh, one of those like that mid range of like creeping up into like elder, I guess OG yeah, might yeah, be like yeah. a, of, of movement of community yeah. building of yeah. education of, of, of culture um, in this city and, and in our spaces. Uh, so one, thank you for, for this time, but we've been ergo kiss and I have been, you know, building a relationship with you. I want to say actually 2016 was the first day we got invited to come to one of your classes yep. um, and do a workshop. And it was probably one of our first workshops in a high school space and it was really a great experience i don't know if you actually recall this but it was actually the day of the 2016 election really people people were voting in the building really? on that day that was I the first day we came to your wow. class i didn't know that and so and so since then you know we, we've come back almost on an annually annual basis and last school year uh we partnered with kumba links to do an extended workshop uh series around dialogue recording voice and like talking about educational spaces in the classroom super dope by the way super dope appreciate it it was (laughs) it was love it was a great experience for us as as facilitators and educators so we got to really see how you get down you know we went from like being visitors to like being the people that came every time so you know the 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 the, the, like the performance dropped so we got to see how it really is behind the scenes (laughs) And, and, and you are like 
the the pinnacle of like a cool ass teacher. Oh wow! Like the way yeah. you hold it down, like Thank one, you. just like you are actually like a cool dude that you know can speak the language. And, and but you can be a cool dude and not a cool teacher. <laughs> right. But but you also you know true you know in a more sincere way um, are there are present. You make a very healthy and open space for your mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. You also establish very healthy boundaries in a way that is like education of like just how to socialize beyond curriculum, beyond just like the X's and O's of history or math or whatever, you know, course you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, I just want to commend you and honor you and gas you up as, as we have you here. <laughs> I'm very gassed up. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. So we're familiar with your normal and maybe we'll like pull some of those stories out as a sure. like counterpoint. Okay. Uh, but let, let's hop into like right now, what's happening in the world. It's been a wild year for cps we had a a, you know a very significant teacher strike um and now we're in the pandemic uh and so my understanding is that y'all are doing like zoom school is is that yeah google google meet google meet it's called you know remote learning uh through google meet google hangout yeah that's our platform that we're using right now yeah it feels dystopian so let's get a little sense of what is that uh not just the technical side of it, but what is the experience of stepping, you know, these very like well-honed skills that you have in terms sure. of managing relationships with your students uh, into this new space, especially at a time where so many of them, I'm sure, are going through a combination of physical and existential crisis? So it's been a learning experience, right, to say the least. I'm a little blessed in that um, I had an awesome student teacher this year who was very tech-savvy and he actually, you know, by me being his cooperating teacher, you know, I always feel like, you know, whenever you have a student teacher with you, you should learn more just as much as you're teaching that that student teacher. And so he taught me a lot about really how to use Google Classroom. And so we start implementing that a lot earlier in the school year where students were doing a lot of kind of like e-learning already um, where they were required to go on Google Classroom and do a lot of work. Um, and communicate via Google Classroom. It wasn't so much virtual learning, but it was um, access to uh, that Google Classroom component that familiarized students with that. So kind of transitioning into this crazy craziness right now, at least my students, it was a little smoother of a transition than for other students, right? How about for you as a teacher? What does that transition felt like? You know, obviously, man, you know, you guys saw how we kind of connect, you know, with each other in the classroom. So definitely I miss the classroom. Do I miss having to manage behaviors and things of that nature that you guys got, you know, you guys got indoctrinated to really quickly? No, I don't miss having to manage behaviors, but I do miss just the relationship, kicking it with the kids, being that, you know, shoulder for them to lean on in real time, in real life. I'm hurting for them because a lot you know, it's very elitist and presumptuous of us to think that, you know, all students have access to to Internet, to technology at home and thinking that they can, you know, just kind of pick up from where they left off uh, in a virtual sense. You know, I, I'm very careful to not assume that, you know, students can do all the work. Students, you know, have that access. And and so, you know, I'm trying to balance you know, maintaining what the what the district and what CPS is asking us to do in terms of keeping learning going and then also pacing myself so that I know that students can kind of keep up and, uh, you know, and I, I don't want to lose students. So it's a fine balance, right, that I'm trying yeah. to find. Yep. So to what you were just saying about, of course, not everyone having the same access and the, the classism and elitism of that, 
Um, it, it feels like one of the most tangible examples of this process that we're seeing in so many different sectors coming through these conversations of there is an expectation of something without any of the support for that thing to come true, right? So like nurses need PPE without any of the support uh, for that to be in place or, you know, everyone in the public should be wearing a mask and in certain states you get fined if you don't, but there's no structure to actually provide that for people. Exactly. Um, so you mentioned that you're kind of mitigating the way you build curriculum and, and interaction around that. That seems like a huge challenge. How has that process of understanding that not everyone has the same access impacted the way you teach? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, a balance, right? But, you know, I, what I do is I root everything in the best interest of of the kids, right, of the students, even when like, you know, CPS issues mandates or what have you, I have to live with myself at the end of the day. And so, you know, if I don't feel it in my heart that it's in the best interest of the student, first I'm gonna voice it, right? But then I'm also going to, you know, go with what I think is best. And for example, there's been this ongoing uh, thing about how we should enter grades for students. You know, Isby told us flat out, you know, if the grade is going to negatively impact the student, don't put it in. If it's going to positively impact the student, put it in. You know, we've we've gotten mixed signals from from CPS in terms of, um, you know, from different administrators and what have you in terms of what we should do. And some folks will say, well, just put missing in for that particular assignment where missing defaults to zero. So obviously that negatively impacts the student's grade. Right. And I just felt in my heart of hearts, I, I just can't do that because thinking about if a student's at home going through whatever, and then they just say, hey, let me look at my grades right now. And they see they have a missing and it's negatively impacting their grade. Then, you know, what type of impact is that going to have on that student's psyche um, and that, you know, their social emotional state at that particular moment? I just never put missing in. So I ain't had to worry about that. Right. Um, I did it for a few, you know, a few kids I got, I like to stick it to, mm -hmm. you know, who, who I know they weren't doing no work and they purposely weren't doing no work. Y'all remember Devon? I sent Devon a little text like, hey man, this is assignments. Devon said, hey man, F your work. <laughs> <laughs> but he used it. He didn't say F, he said the word, right? He's like, what are you going to um, do? Send me home? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, he, he said, fuck your work, bro. Exactly like that. <laughs> so, you know... And I know that's probably the sentiments of a lot of students, right? Devon is just the one that's bold enough to say it how he feels. Um, but I felt him on that, right? Like, you know, I'm going through a thing. So I, you know, your work is not number one on my list. And so I took that into consideration. You know, I still, you know, post work and assign work. But, you know, I'm letting I'm letting shorties work on it at their own pace, you know? Yeah, that, that's the that's the balance that... It and and you're speaking to, to it very well that I'm trying to understand of we don't want anybody to be inactive and stagnant in their spaces. Right. 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 Like we we, right. we want everybody to still be developing their humanity, you know, strengthening their mind, learning, growing, finding new crafts. But at the same time, this is a, you know, hopefully once in a lifetime level crisis. Right. Um, on top of the compounded anxiety, stress, and traumas that we expect. So you got this like kind of feel of summer vacation, but also everybody's trying to advance. And, you know, I know seniors are worried about graduation and every, you know, mm -hmm. prom and all of these mm -hmm. milestone developmental mm -hmm. social dynamics of what mm -hmm. the school provides. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just can't really like imagine 
being present or wanting to be like, I don't know, assigned or graded anything. Like, and, and so that balance you just talked about it, like F this work. And like, to me, that's kind of the answer. I, or I guess I could parallel it to us as adults who like have all these Zoom calls or people I'm hearing like, especially in corporate spaces, having to work for home uh, for things that are not essential or not existential or are not connected to people's health and survival. Um, and expecting that of people right now at this time is almost something dehumanizing about it. And so I hear you working through that nuance. Can you talk any more about like any of those complications that come out of like, we just want people to live. We want you to learn. We want you to study, but also like be okay and do you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that, that's a, that's a great point too, Damon. Um, it's an everyday struggle, even, you know, before the COVID stuff, um, you have this, you try to find this balance between what admin is asking you to do and the district is asking you to do and what, you know, um, you need to do as a professional for for the students, right? And sometimes those asks are not, and those demands are not always aligned. And you know, a prime example, I bumped heads a lot early earlier in uh, when the when the schools were closed with my admin regarding, you know, how many hours you know we were supposed to work as teachers, right? You know, Chicago Teachers Union recommended a certain amount of hours for teachers to work, uh, which was four hours. And a lot of, you know, administrators kind of were sensitive to that because they understood that this is a new normal for a lot of folks, right? People are at home balancing teaching their own kids at home and babysitting and daycaring and all of that with also trying to make sure their students in their classrooms are still uh, learning, right? And um, when administrators throw it in your face like, hey, man, you know, you're getting paid. You're getting paid with taxpayers' dollars and almost trying to guilt trip you into you know, doing the work that you know you have to do anyway, because we are professionals, there's a resentment there, right? There's this this feeling of uh, like, bro, you know, we're, everybody's going through it. You don't have to remind us that we're in a very blessed situation, um, that we are one of the fortunate folks who are still getting paid through this, during this ordeal, right? We know we have a responsibility to our students. Nobody has to tell us that we're professionals. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're also cognizant um, and sensitive to the things that our shorties are going through. It's not going to be business as usual, right? And we're going to have to cut some things down and put some things in place that keeps that balance. You know, that's that was that was a struggle right at first. And I get it, you know, administrators are going through their own ordeals too. So that tension is real. There's going to be some contentious situations that we're going to have to navigate through. But I think the, the one thing I was trying to you know, convey to 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 my colleagues and to an admin is that through all of this, let's not lose our humanity. Let's not lose our humanity. Humanity comes first and then our profession comes second, right? Mm. I think we came to an agreement that if we're checking in on families, because I was one another thing I was trying to stress too is that, you know, schools are often the cornerstones of communities. And so parents and families rely on schools for not only their educational needs, but even non-educational needs, right? You know, whether it's food, whether it's just resources, knowing where to go to get this, get that, just being that voice of reason. Um, and I said, so if if our primary focus is making sure families are okay, then, you know, we're going to come out of this better people than we were going into it, mm. right? To that question of you know, the ways that schools serve, uh, you know, more than just the academic needs of a student. They can, you know, be a, an important piece for a whole family. 
outside of the academic work, what are the other needs that schools meet as specifically as possible, either for students or families that you see not being met right now? Um, I mean, specifically with Uplift, I'm not seeing anything that's not being addressed. Um, I feel like, you know, we've done a great job as a staff, um, admin and um, and the teachers in terms of setting, um, putting structures in place to reach out to families, to check in on them. Um, you know, folks are prideful too, right? And, you know, initially they'll tell you, hey, man, we're good. And then we just got this um, this compassion fund from our, from our network where families can get up to like $500 of, uh, you know, gift cards and what have you. Um, if they need it. And so, you know, I was checking in on a few parents because we're all, every teacher is responsible for about seven, six or seven families to check in on on a weekly basis. And those same folks that was like, oh, I'm good. I'm cool. When I told them about that compassion fund, <laughs> they're like, oh, wait, wait, what? You know, yeah, you signed me up for that. You know, like, look, um, I'll accept compassion. That's yeah, not a no hard doubt. ask, you know? No doubt. No doubt. And so, you know, like I said, I, you know, I feel like our school and you know, not just our school, it's a lot of schools that I've heard are doing a very good job at just checking in on families and making sure they're good. And man, just the fact that, you know, your teacher is calling a family and just saying, hey, man, you know, are y'all good? How y'all doing over there? And just 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 checking in, you know, that goes a long ways, man. A long way. It's powerful. Yeah. It's it, powerful. It, it, it has transformative potential. No doubt. Uh, like structure wise, because for you and seeing how you move and seeing that level of compassion that, that that we were able to firsthand observe you bring on like a day-to-day basis um this might not be too much of a push or a stretch uh for like what's in your comfort zone but that might not be every staff person every teacher's every administrator's norm Mm -hmm. uh and so are you seeing i guess you know my brain always goes to ask like, what's wrong? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. is the system failing? <laughs> Me too. Uh, but, <laughs> like, how how should, dare but... you be optimistic? Right, right, right. <laughs> but but I, I, I'm hearing more of like the mutual aid ethic coming up in the, in, in the school setting from, mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so are you seeing any like new examples or precedents that are being set that should maybe be, transferred to when the building is back open that wasn't necessarily the norm or people's focus or way of thinking yep definitely great question um so like i said before um you know because schools are the you know oftentimes the cornerstones of communities we kind of already had this this mentor mentee system in place initiated by teachers to admin and even have to tell us to do this you know there's a few teachers that kind of introduced this and just about every teacher jumped on board where, you know, each teacher, you know, took on like six or seven uh, students to be mentees. You know, we were responsible every two weeks with just having one-on-ones with those mentees, um, checking in on them. And then like, while we're having a one-on-one, get the parent on the line too. And just, you know, so it was kind of like this, you know, three-way conversation between teacher, parent, and student. There was some familiarity with it already. So then when, you know, when the school's closed, we just kind of ramped it up a little bit and just really said, OK, you know, we'll we'll call home on a weekly basis. And and then we have these, you know, this script like for some teachers who not as you know, it's not so innate for them. You know, we, we, we made a script for them and so just say, OK, just make sure you're just asking these questions. What kind of questions? Right. Right. So, you know, the first question was all every time we call, the first question is, what are your needs? whether it be educational or non-educational, 
that we as uh, a school can help you with, mm-hmm. right? What are so your needs? beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then the other ones was just like, you know, you know, school related stuff like as for the parent, do you have access to what's called parent portal where you can check your kids' grades and their assignments? Um, oh, you mean the thing that I kept changing the password so my parents couldn't see mine? <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, that bro. thing, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> How are those interactions with parents? Because I think uh, politically so often, or sometimes even within a school, like parents get scapegoated, right? Like they don't really get mentioned except for like, you know, they're not showing up or not doing yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, that's just not the norm also. So even if it is, even if there isn't a scapegoating boogie man to worry about, yeah. um, this is just a new normal again. How has you observed either for you or your colleagues, that relationship been different during this time? It's funny you say that because it, it this, during this time by us, you know, intentionally having conversations with families like that, you know, um, it's kind of dispelling those myths, right. Of, you know, parents ain't doing nothing, you know, what they're getting at home, you know, is countering what we're trying to teach them for six and seven, eight hours out of the day in the school. Right. Um, you get a firsthand look at what, what parents are really having to go through, man. Like one example is you got four or five kids at the crib who are trying to, who all need to get on the computer and do online learning. The family might be straight or okay financially, you know, but you know, they may not have six or seven laptops or four or five laptops on tablets, you know, or that, or, you know, high speed internet where, you know, if three or four, three or four folks get on, it won't slow down. You know what I'm saying? You know, it just really gives you a firsthand look into their world, right? So we can understand why, you know, kids, you know, may bring certain things to school, you know, certain issues or carry certain burdens to school that sometimes it, it's it's disruptive, right, to the culture of the school, right? Sometimes those behaviors, you know, you guys have seen it. Sometimes, you know, certain things they do, it blocks some some, some productivity mm-hmm. in the classroom. Right. Not conducive to a collective environment. Oh, how, how political. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it sounds that's, like this is making that's the euphemism it for it. Act <laughs> <laughs> the stuff up in the class, tearing the class up, right? But it, um, but it sounds like this is helping you actually not just be more empathetic, but actually understand these young people better. Help us understand the young people, the parents, yeah. everything. And then it's a lot of, you know, apprehension with parents talking to the teachers, right? They may be intimidated by teachers. They may felt that, you know, we blame them for their child's behavior, right? The humanity again, right, y'all? The humanity, it comes out. Like, man, now we just, we just trying, I'm just checking on you, making sure you're good. To me, you know, God willing, when we come out of this, you know, it's going to build a stronger community between the stakeholders, the parents, the students, the teachers, admin, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we experienced in real time was some of the specificity of what makes Uplift special. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you in addition Mm -hmm. to you being a king of the chop it up is, uh, you know, this is a school with an explicit lens around justice, helping people understand social movement, helping young people build those skills and those understandings. What from that lens do you think has made it easier for you and your students stepping into this crisis? Right. So like, what are the things that they already knew that other students may have had to learn without that framework in place. Yeah. So, yeah, I would be remiss to, to you know, if I didn't mention the importance of Kumba Links being in the school mm-hmm. um, and really um, honing those, that cultural, cultural relevancy, 
the, the social justice component, transformative justice, uh, honing that in and honing those skills in for not only, you know, the students, but also for the teachers, right, for the staff members. Um, and so, you know, with that being said, it just gives us an opportunity to kind of like, you know, dialogue with students about, you know, hey, man, you know, this whole thing is, you know, another way to criminalize you if you're wilding out or whatever, you know, if you're just walking down the street, right, you know, you could be uh, presumed to be, you know, getting getting into some trouble, right? Because why are you, you know, you're supposed to be on quarantine. Why are you out? Don't give them an excuse to criminalize you. You know, a few students have, you know, expressed to, you know, to teachers, man, I got arrested last night, right? Because I got into a fight. It's a lot of tension in the air, man. You know, it's a lot of things going on. People are stressed. And again, it just helps us to not, you know, assume that everybody is in the same situation that we are at home. Like I'm chilling, you know, me and my family, we got, you know, four or five laptops and we, you know, we, we're, you know, we can, we can just chill out and enjoy, enjoy each other's company. So it just, it just makes us more sensitive to the, to the students' issues. And it just makes students kind of just understand the importance too of having that strong relationship uh, with your teachers, right? And valuing that. Things that they may have taken for granted, right? You know, they can talk to their friends that go to other schools and be like, man, you could just, you could just, you know, hit Mr. Bully up like that, or you can just hit your other teachers up like that, you know, and just talk, just chop it up with them. Like, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's an asset for them right now, right? You talk about capital, you know, you may not have like that financial capital, but that's another type of capital that's going to, you know, help you get through this. I'm, I'm curious, um, how, how are students learning or engaging the crisis itself, right? Like the, the current events news, the, the, the political responses, the, you know, conspiracy talk that, that is, is very suitable for like a teenage mind to kind of consume and get and into. And an how, adult mind, what, apparently. And a, yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how are, are they in your communications understanding asking questions, communicating about what is happening in terms of, you know, shelter in place, stimulus check, you know, political part, all, all the all the different forms of how this is affecting the world. And it is something we all need to have a literacy of. Um, uh, yeah. W- w- where, where are they at in terms of their understandings? And I know it's obviously a spectrum. Yeah, I guess I'm going to preface what I say by saying um, it hasn't been a lot of um a lot of engagement, of student engagement, you know, via those, the, um, the live platforms. Um, a lot of students have, have been distant. I text them through this app called Remind and just tell them I love them and, and that, you know, I miss them. But, you know, for the most part, man, that, that dialogue, you know, it, it just hasn't been there like that, to be honest. Um, even reaching out to parents, I've talked more to parents now than I actually have to students. It's crazy, but I just feel like, you know, when they're ready to talk, when they're ready to speak on it, man, they'll jump on. You know, we have set times where they can jump on for live engagement. I'm not pressing them. I'm not pressing them. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's a loss I, I wouldn't have even thought of before this conversation of, you know, in addition to like the the real hard resources, uh, the school is also a space for like collective processing, right? Like yep. if, 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 if something happens in sports or if, if a rapper dies or, you know, 
in the classroom, in the hallways, that's when the information is shared and processed and, you know, torn apart and deconstructed and put back together. And so like, they don't have that collective space to, to, you know, I know people are communicating and, you know, you got your family or you might have people in your neighborhood, but like the circle we were able to have or what a homeroom could do or what an assembly can do yeah. uh, in terms of being able to really process and communicate to, to have an understanding and a positioning to what's yeah. going on. You can't really replicate that. Yeah. You can't assemble. You, you can't assemble. <laughs> you can't assemble. And, and, and to speak to that, right. So, you know, Chris Emden from, um, from hip hop education, you know, I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and he was talking about how, you know, how this is like a dope opportunity, you know, where students who never felt safe in schools, you know, now you're going to get more of that. They're going to come out of the woodworks to be involved, you know, virtually and um, remotely. And, you know, and I and I kind of beg to differ. Right. Because in our space, our school was that was that safe haven. You know, kids came to school like Jamari, you know, straight F's. Right. Straight F's. But he's at school every single day. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so school was more than just academic for him. It was just it was a place for him to kind of socialize. And and, uh, and he was the one that actually, you know, got arrested the other day. Right. For fighting. Um, and he's not a fighting dude. He's not that he's a knucklehead, but he's not a fighter. Which is You're ironic because a fight is knuckles to a head. But that's <laughs> I love it. I love the wordplay, bro. Oh, um, yeah, he's he's on a putt roll today. Oh, man. Yeah, he's just, uh, before he's, it's out of control. Look, this is what happens. If you keep me in my house long enough, everything's yeah, a punt. That, that closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting claustrophobic just looking at you, bro. Like, I got to break out. Um, but yeah, so school is that place. Like you said, Damon, man, it's that. It really is that safe haven, that place of comfort, that place of, uh, you know, assembly that they don't have anymore. They don't have right now. And so kids are adjusting to that. They're trying to figure that out and make sense of that. Um, so, so that's why I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm patient with them. When they're ready to jump on, I'm here for them. So I'm giving them that space, though. So before we get out of here, I have a couple more questions for you. One, so, you know, you have a, a whole family in the house with you. Um, yeah. Are you doing any instruction of any type with your own kids? And how do they like you as a teacher? <laughs> no, and they never did. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Jali, my oldest, he, you know, he was at Uplift. So mm-hmm. he had me, uh, he had me for geometry. And that caused a lot of tension in the house, you know. <laughs> oh, that sounds like truly a nightmare. Just yeah. specifically geometry. Because yeah. it's like, there's a right answer and a wrong answer. You can't uh, bullshit your way through geometry. Uh, yeah, you know, and then my wife was snapping, hi, how you getting a B and he in your class? And I'm like, well, that's what it is. What do you want me, you want me to do? He was, he was five degrees oh, short on the angle. What do you want me to say? Oh, you were the one getting in trouble, not yeah. him. No, I'm getting in trouble, bro. I'm getting in trouble, you know. Oh, that's great. Um, so... The two-part question that we've been also asking all the folks we talk to is a two-parter. One, uh, how can Damon and I and our listeners, uh, whether it's directly Mm -hmm. with the work of Uplift or just in general around the needs of students right now, what can people do to support help? What would you want people to know and do? Uh, And then secondly, what's something that you've been doing every day or so that's helping you be more okay in this time? Word, word. Uh, Great question. So first thing for y'all, what y'all can do is send me 
the uh the recordings of the podcast <laughs> that you guys yeah, yeah. did, the super dope podcast you guys were doing last year. The kids have been fiending for those. Um, oh, we never edited it. This is I, yeah. I'm now ashamed that we had you on before I edited <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, audio. Yeah. We we so for for the record, we recorded like six hours of raw audio with uh, the students in Bully's class. I haven't edited it largely because most of it is students who weren't supposed to be on mic talking shit about the other students <laughs> under their breath into the microphone. And that's just going to take a lot of cutting out. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll Traumatic to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll send that your way for sure. Okay, yeah. I mean, that'll be dope for the kids like during this time for them to be able to for hear sure. and access and just kind of just, you know, give them some semblance of, of normalcy. Yeah, that no doubt, no doubt. Um, as for what you guys can do too, is just definitely reach out to other teachers like Jason, Jason Ware. Um, you know, he's uh, you know, he's at Austin. We hold bi-weekly men's circles, man, it's virtual men's circles that's been super dope. Y'all can jump on that. You know what I'm saying? As far as with with students, I would say partner with Kumba Links, right? Um, they've been doing some some dope virtual stuff like open mics, um, workshops. You know, jump. You know, jump on board with what they're doing. Try to connect and uh, be another branch of that tree. As far as what I'm doing on a daily basis, you know, I've always been a little OCD. You know, but I, you know, I stick to a regimen. I have a schedule every day where I do something for my mind, my body, and my spirit every single day. And if I adhere to that and I, you know, stick to that, you know, it just makes me feel good um, at the end of the day to have that schedule, have that routine, and just sticking to it. And doing something for my mind, my body, and my spirit. You you mentioned KL. Uh, how can folks find info about them or just anything else that you would want people uh, to come across about you or your work? Yeah, I mean, you know, I would definitely say, you know, uh, as far as Uplift is concerned, you know, go to Uplift's, uh, their, web, their website. You know, they're pretty, you know, on top of things, keeping folks abreast of what's happening. To me, even more importantly, just, you know, checking in with everything Kumba Links is doing. Um, they got some, Jacinda's been working really hard, lining some things up. I definitely, you know, would recommend folks checking in with KL. And maybe even give them some money. That might be nice too. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, you know, I, you know, I, I think they're pretty good on their end, you know? Um, okay. I but, just think, you know, people, some people just got a check and don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. And some people didn't and do. So <laughs> right, no doubt. No doubt. Jacinda's a hustler though. So she, she, you yeah, know, yeah, she's she, not fucking and, and, man, and, and shout out to her, man. Like she's, you know, to, for being a boss, right? Like she's taking care of her folks, right? And not being super demanding, not saying hey, you got to do this. She's making sure they're good. Um, you know, her only ask is like, just don't be running around in the streets, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, getting folks sick, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they'll be tricking <laughs> off. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have her on. We're going to do an episode with some some folks who do youth arts work and how they're adapting in this moment. So, yeah. listeners, if you want to know more, uh, we've had Jacinda Jaquanda of Kumba Links on the show a couple years back. You can find that in the Ergo archive. Cool. Thank you so much for chopping it up with us. It's a pleasure, as always, to see your face much and love. hear your voice. It was my pleasure, um, guys. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, greatly appreciate it. I love y'all, uh, man. We'll, I love y'all dearly. Love you, too. Yeah. We'll be back on the line with another person reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace.
Rosie. Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look who's here in the studio. It's me. How's it feel to be in here? Well, I was a little nervous uh -huh. earlier, but mm -hmm. now I'm a little more calm. Wonderful. And I'm staring directly <laughs> into your eyes. But we do that all the time anyway. Yeah, but there's not always all this equipment in between us. Well, maybe this will help. Let's play a game. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe like a taboo. Taboo. Like I'll give you some clues and then you'll have to guess what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Does that know, make sense? I know how to play taboo, Daniel. Oh, you'd prefer if I did not taboo-splain? Yes, please. All right, let's get started. Timer on the clock. Ooh. All right, first up. Okay. It's an independent podcast app. Got it. It embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Mm -hmm. It has no exclusives. Mm -hmm. No premium content. All right. No paywalls. Great. And it's a great podcast app for everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know it? I think I do. Huh. What do you think it is? Sounds like the Overcast app. Beep, 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 beep. Toots got it. Yay. Look at that. I win. Nicely done. How does one get the app? Well, if one were to want to get the app, one could get it for free in the app store. Fantastic. Cool. You going to check it out? I might. Very wonderfully noncommittal. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye.